Hello, everyone. I'm Richard Roberts, and welcome to the Expect a Miracle podcast. So glad you could join me today. If you know someone who's not aware of this podcast, let them know. Wherever they download their podcast, they can always see Expect a Miracle. Each week, I do a podcast, and I pray and believe it's a blessing and will continue to be a blessing in your life. Uh, you, you may be aware, I've spoken about it several times on this podcast, you may be aware that I had been planning a trip to Cameroon in West Africa some years ago. Uh, my father, Earl Roberts, before he passed away, prophesied over me that when I got into my late 60s, I would become a minister to ministers. Well, that happened in my late 60s. Now I'm in my early 70s. And for the past four or five years, uh, my, my life and ministry has changed. No longer am I doing crusades, which I did for some 40 years in nations all over the world. I've laid my hands on, I think, 35 or 36 of the last count, heads of state, presidents, prime ministers. And I've done that for all those years. Then, then the Lord changed in my, changed in my life and said, here's what I want you to do now. I want you to become a minister to minister and I want you to minister on healing the Holy Spirit and seed faith. And that's what I've been doing these past years. We've been doing it over the last years uh, in, in Africa, in Ghana, also in India, also up in uh, the uh, Canadian Arctic area called Ecaluit. And uh, I received an invitation about a year ago to come to Cameroon uh, for a group of uh, pastors from French-speaking African nations. Now, many Americans may not be aware that there are quite a number of countries on the African continent that speak French. They were part of the colonization by, by either France or by Belgium. And uh, so there's some areas that were colonized by, by uh, the Dutch and, and by the British, and, and you probably know the history of that. And um, so, uh, we've been planning and uh, and preparing to go to Cameroon, and um, almost 2,000 pastors were signed up for this conference on healing the Holy Spirit and seed faith. And the invitation came from one of the sponsoring pastors from my crusade in Cameroon 30 years ago. In, in 1992, I believe it was, I conducted a huge crusade in Cameroon with 25, 30, 40,000 people a night. And there were lots of wonderful, wonderful miracles. Well, this pastor who was one of the leading pastors at the time and the sponsoring pastors came to me and said, for the 30th anniversary, we, we'd like you to come back and conduct a pastor's conference. They had heard what uh, I was doing and how the Lord was leading me. So I prayed about it and I felt led of the Lord to go. Uh, Cameroon is a very interesting nation. It was part of uh, both France and Britain after World War II. And it was split up into two areas. The majority of the country was, was, uh, was French, and only a small part of the country was British and spoke English. And they gained their independence in 1960 and 61. Then in 72, they, they came together, they unified, came together into one Cameroon. Now, the national language is French. And as I said, there are quite a number of nations I guess more than 22 or 23, something like that, that are in, in Africa that speak French, that were part of the, the old uh, Belgian uh, colonization or the French colonization. And um, Cameroon, of course, was one of those nations. Cameroon has 27 million people. And uh, it's uh, south of Nigeria and also south of Chad. And it's, uh, it, it's, uh, 
It's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful nation. It's near the equator, so it's very warm. Picture, picture Miami in the summer. <laughs> That's what the weather is like in Cameroon just about year round. They have two, they have two weathers, rain and no rain. <laughs> uh, this was a, this was a tremendous conference. Uh, some 2,000 pastors registered from 14 different French speaking African nations. And when I was, uh, Arriving at the airport, I was met by the press, and we had a kind of an ad hoc press conference outside, and they had singers, and they had, <laughs> they had dancers, and they had a band, and they gave me, they gave me quite a welcome when we arrived on Air France, uh, coming into Yaoundé, which is the capital. And we made it to the hotel, and uh, the next day I met with some dignitaries, and kind of getting myself over the jet lag, you know, there's seven hours time change between where I was from here in Oklahoma and where I was there. By the way, even as I'm uh, telling you about this this story right now, there's someone who's had a, a damage to your right hand. You see where my, uh, if you're just listening, you can't tell, but right here in the, in, uh, under your thumb, the fat part of your hand under your thumb, where you've had this muscle damage, whoever you are, you're being healed right now. And there's a person also, you've had tremendous pain in the very top of your left leg, in the front the very top of your left leg, and you are being healed as well. Now, if that's you, I'd like to know who you are. You can call the prayer group at 918-495-7777. Let me know who you are. And there's another person you've been suffering with a migraine headache, which is just right across the left part of your face over your left eye. And it's just almost like excruciating pain. You want to close the drapes so the light doesn't even doesn't bother you. That's being healed also. If that's you, let me know who you are. So as I said, the next day we had to uh, try to get myself over the jet lag and because I don't sleep well in airplanes and uh, also met with some dignitaries and got ready for the conference, which was to begin on the Tuesday. And we had five sessions. Uh, my longtime friend, Pastor Paul Naughton, who pastors a wonderful church in London, in England, uh, came to be a part. And I asked him if he would take the first part of each service. The services were about three hours plus long. And uh, I asked uh, Pastor Paul if he would take the first part, and then I would take the, the the major part of the service. And as I as I shared earlier, I was teaching on healing the Holy Spirit and seed faith. Those are the three mandates that my father, Oral Roberts, put on my life before he died, and is also part of the prophetic word that came years ago into my life. So the place was jammed out with pastors from all over that part of Africa. Much of West Africa, almost all of West Africa is French. West Africa is French speaking, had an interpreter. And uh, the same pastor who had interpreted for me years ago was there and did the interpreting. And I taught them how to pray for the sick and how to see miracles. And I thought that since I did that, I ought to share that with you on this podcast. Remember, the Bible says you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Now, there are many people who think, well, that's just for you who are in ministry, but that's not true. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says you, you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So therefore, every Christian ought to have a healing ministry. Now, it may may not be your number one forte. I mean, you have a job, you have a business, you have a ministry or whatever you do, you know, uh, but, but, you also have another another calling, and that is to bring healing to sick people. 
And so I taught them how to lay hands upon the sick. Many of them uh, did not have uh, any understanding. They had never been taught that they could pray for the sick and see miracles. And so I taught them about the laying on of hands. Now, that's a ministry that I understand very well because I grew up under the ministry of my father, Oral Roberts, who, it has been estimated, laid his hands on more than two million people individually and prayed for their healing during his effective lifetime. So I grew up in the healing ministry watching my father lay hands on the sick and see great miracles. So I taught them how to do that. And then I taught them how uh, God uses different methods and how he uses speaking the word when it's not, you might not be acceptable to lay hands on someone. It might not be understood or it might not be convenient. I shared with them about speaking the word. And of course, that comes from Psalm 107 verse 20, where the Bible says he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. And of course, I gave the example of how when the Roman centurion came to Jesus for his military aid, who was grievously stricken with paralysis, and Jesus said, I will come and lay my hands on him and heal him. But the centurion said, Jesus, it's not necessary for you to come for you have authority from God and you don't have to come lay your hands on him. You just speak the word and he'll be healed. Well, Jesus said, I've not seen such great faith. No, not in all of Israel. And he told the centurion to go his way. And he sent the word. And when he got back near home, he found out his military aide had been healed about the same hour that Jesus gave that word. And so I, I demonstrated sending the word. And it's the same prayer as you pray when you pray and you lay hands on someone. It's just in one instance, you're laying hands on them. In the other instance, you're not laying hands on them. So I taught that to the pastors. And then I, we had a demonstration. We, we stood and we, we prayed one, one for another. We laid hands on one another. And then we sent the word to one another. And I made them do it over and over again until they got used to it. Uh, you know, a lot of people are timid, uh, timid and, and, uh, and they're afraid to pray for the sick. They, they, they're intimidated. And uh, so I helped to break that intimidation off them. And I'll tell you what, it was a tremendous scene. And miracles began to happen as they laid hands on each other. Then I taught them about uh, about the prayer cloth. Uh, Acts 19, uh, verses 11, 12, talks about prayer cloths and how the Apostle Paul, who wrote some two-thirds of the New Testament, took what the Scripture calls handkerchiefs and aprons, or what we would call cloths, after he had touched them. And they were laid upon the sick. And the Bible says the sick were healed and the demonic spirits were driven out. And I took the handkerchief out of my pocket and I said, now this, this is just a cloth. It has no power. But when I lay my hands on it and pray, something supernatural is transferred. The anointing of God that's on my life and would be on your life as a, as a believer is transferred into that cloth. And it can be used as a point of contact to help people to release their faith for healing. Now, the cloth does not heal. Anyone with any sense knows that cloths don't heal. There's nothing special about a prayer cloth. What's special is about the prayer that's been prayed over it. And that cloth can become a powerful point of contact to help people to release their faith and believe God for a miracle. So I demonstrated to them how to use a prayer cloth. And it was just terrific. And then I, I shared about the anointing oil all throughout the Bible you can find the use of anointing oil. The prophets of old used anointing oil when they anointed someone to be king. 
And I remember when, uh, when I was called into the ministry, my father anointed me with oil. And when I was called into the healing ministry, he anointed me again. I think I've had, I've been in three or four specific anointing oil services where I was, when I was, or I was anointed with oil. Now, once again, there's nothing special about the oil. Doesn't matter what kind of oil it is. It's not, not a, not a thing that, 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 uh, you know, lifts up the oil. No, the oil is just a symbol of the power of the Holy Spirit. And I told the pastors about how when our children were little, how each night we would take a little oil and we would make a little cross on their forehead and pray over them and anoint them with oil. Now, sometimes it was uh, some kind of spray oil or maybe a Lindsay, my wife had some oil in the in a little jar by the sink or by the stove, something. It didn't matter what kind of oil it was. It's not the oil. It's the, it's the symbolism of what it stands for. And oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit and a symbol of healing. And so we, we demonstrated that. And then uh, the final thing that I shared with them in that service was, was uh, the scripture that says, pray one for another that you may be healed. And of course, that comes from James chapter five. The Bible says, pray ye one for another that ye may be healed. You pray for someone else's healing, believing for them to be healed. And that prayer then can come back to you for you to receive healing yourself. And I, I demonstrated and gave some stories about how people that I had seen who had prayed for someone and the healing came back and they were healed themselves. It was quite a service. And uh, the pastors were extremely excited about it and uh, shared all kinds of testimonies, which we're gonna be sharing on our TV program in the near future. We're doing some editing on it now. And uh, once we got home, and that was the first service. Now, the second service was on the Holy Spirit, and that was on the first night. And I talked about the fact that the Holy Spirit is a believer's secret weapon. And I shared with the pastors uh, and, and uh, eliminated some of the confusion that there is about speaking in tongues. Uh, we Pentecostals and Charismatics have sometimes not done as good a job as we need to do on explaining the difference between the gift of tongues, which is one of the nine gifts of the Spirit, which I'll get to in a few minutes, and your daily devotional prayer language that the Apostle Paul talked about in 1 Corinthians 14. And I shared with the pastors that when a person gets saved, when a person gives their heart to Christ, the Holy Spirit comes in and bears witness with their spirit that they are a child of God. So in other words, when you got saved, the Holy Spirit came in and took up residence in your heart. Well, if he's in my heart, it begs the question, what's he doing? Well, the book of Romans tells us what he's doing. He's interceding. Well, what's interceding? Interceding is prayer. He is praying in every believer seven days a week, 24 hours a day, in a straight line, direct prayer to God. And you and I, as Christians, by an act of our will, according to the Bible, according to, to 1 Corinthians 14, where Paul said, I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the understanding also, we can tap into his prayer, and we can pray in another language, a language we never learned. We can pray in tongues as God gives the utterance. And what we're literally doing is we're taking what's in the depths of us, way down deep inside of us, and pulling it up and taking it up to God as we join in the Holy Spirit's prayer. And then we can stop and begin to pray in our own language, in this case, in English. And some wonderful things begin to happen. We begin to get new ideas and new insights and new direction and new concepts. 
and new and innovative ways of doing things like we've never thought of before. That's why I call the Holy Spirit your secret weapon. It's something that the world cannot do. If you're not a born-again Christian, you can't pray in tongues. Now, someone said, well, do I need to pray in tongues to get to heaven? No. The Apostle Paul did not make it a command. He said, I pray in tongues more than you all, and I wish you did. He didn't say it was a command. He didn't say you can't go to heaven without praying in tongues. No, no, no. He didn't say that at all. And I don't believe that. I don't believe that at all. But I'll tell you what. I need help when I pray. The Bible says we know not what to pray for as we ought. Well, how many times in my life have I tried to pray in English and my English just didn't cut it? I just, I didn't know what to do. I face situations like that all the time. I'm not that smart. I need the Holy Spirit's guidance. And so I will begin to pray in tongues and then I'll stop and pray in English. And I get ideas and insights and concepts and God shows me direction. I know where to go. I know what to do. I know, I know what to say when I get there. I wouldn't go a day without praying in tongues. I was praying in tongues earlier uh, this morning before I came to do this podcast and praying back in my, in my own language to get understanding, to know how, how to do today what God wanted me to do. And so I taught that to the pastors. And then we had a, we had a time of demonstration where I had them stand and pray, many of them uh, already prayed in tongues, but most of them did not interpret. Remember, Paul said, let him who prays in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. Okay. And he was talking about his daily devotional prayer language when he said, I will pray in the spirit and I will pray with the understanding also. Now that's different than the gift of tongues. And we'll get to that in just a little while. It was quite a session. And many of them uh, began to pray in tongues for the first time in their lives. And a lot of them who had never interpreted back learned how to pray in tongues and then stop and pray in their own tongue. It might've been French or might've been one of their African dialects. And I'll tell you, all heaven broke loose in that room. It was terrific. And then the next day, which was the, which was the Wednesday, uh, I focused in on Bible prosperity. Not the kind of prosperity that the world offers, but Bible prosperity. And I shared with them the, the, the joy of planting a seed. Everything in life you see comes from a seed. All that we eat comes from a seed. Uh, you know, the, the, the houses, things made out of wood came from a, a seed from a tree. Seeds are incredibly important in our life. And when we plant seed, we have a, we have a right, a Bible right to believe that God will not only use that seed for his glory, but that he will multiply it back, good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. I taught them about the benefits of being a seed sower. And I shared the story about how the first time I went to Africa, some 40 years ago, and we were having a large crusade. I was in Nigeria. And the pastors who were sponsoring the crusade came to me and said, Brother Roberts, please do not ask the people for an offering. And I said, why? They said, because they're poor. They have nothing to give. And I said to them, well, that's the very reason why I need to give them an opportunity to sow. They need to come out of poverty. Well, they don't have much. I said, well, little is much when God is in it. And I taught the people that night in that crusade the importance of sowing seed. It's not the size of the gift that's important. What's important is the integrity and intent of your heart. And those people that night in that crusade 40 years ago came and gave their offerings joyfully, not because I was looking for a gift, 
None of that money that they gave was going to leave Nigeria with me. That was going for the expenses of the crusade there. So it was not for me. Paul said, not that I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. And I taught the people that. And the next day, those pastors, the same pastors came to me and said, we get it. We get it. I said, I'm trying to, I'm not trying to get something from the people. I'm trying to get something to the people. And so wherever I go, I teach on Bible prosperity, not the kind of prosperity that the world offers. I'm talking about Bible prosperity. And there are many critics who do not believe in Bible prosperity. Well, that's their, they're right. They can believe what they want, but I can also believe the way I see the Bible. And so I taught that. And then on their own, the pastors decided to start bringing offerings up to the front. I asked them for nothing. It was not for me anyway. And they understood the, the principle of planting a seed. And they were all taking notes. As I wrote, they had, the, they had their papers and pens, and some of them had their smartphones out, and the ones that had them. And it was a glorious, glorious time. And then uh, that evening, I taught on the gifts of the Spirit. There are nine of them. If you look in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the Apostle Paul lists nine gifts of the Spirit. The word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, uh, the gift of faith, uh, the, the gift of prophecy, uh, the, the discerning of spirits, the gift of tongues, the gift of interpretation of tongues. There, there are nine of them. I probably left one out. Uh, there are nine gifts of the Spirit. And I shared with them how those gifts operate. They don't operate at our will because they don't belong to us. Those gifts of the Spirit are manifested only by the Holy Spirit and only in His timing. And I shared how in my life, most of those gifts work from time to time, but not when I choose. They only operate when God chooses. A few moments ago when I gave those, those three words of knowledge, you know, about the thumb and about the front part of the leg and about the head, those, those words of knowledge were manifested by the Holy Spirit. That did not come out of my mind. That came from God. And I delivered that. And, and before the day is out, I'll be getting phone calls from people who were healed when I gave that word. Now, those were words of knowledge. And I began to explain to them that the gifts of the Spirit operate in Christians' lives far more than most Christians have any idea. They'll, they'll all of a sudden, uh, for example, and I'm sure this may have happened to you, uh, all of a sudden you know something when there's no way you could have known. <laughs> and you say, well, I wonder where that came from. And sometimes we just have a tendency to pass it off and say, well, that was weird. That was strange. Well, in my experience, that's more than likely an operation of the word of knowledge or the word of wisdom. I mean, you're in a situation, you have no idea what to do. And all of a sudden, just out of, you say, out of the blue, you know what to do. God gives you the wisdom of what to do in this situation. Well, that's an operation of the gifts of the Spirit. And I gave multiple examples to them showing how those things work. For example, the gift of faith. You've been believing God. You've been expecting a miracle. And, and it just seemed like your faith is falling on the side. And when all of a sudden, it's like a supercharger takes over. And suddenly you can believe in a way that you've never believed before. Well, that's an operation of the gift of faith working. Uh, concerning the discerning of spirits. Everyone has had the experience where they walked into a room and suddenly it feels like the atmosphere is cold or they, they meet someone or they see someone and the atmosphere is cold and you don't know what's wrong, but you know there's something wrong. Well, that's an operation of the discerning of spirits that you discern something. You may not know exactly what it is, but you know something isn't right or you know something is right. <laughs> uh, 
it happens to us all the time. And we have a tendency to pass those things off and say, well, that I wonder what that was. That was strange. More than likely, those are operations of the gifts of the Spirit. You say, well, Richard, those things have happened to me. What should I do? Do what I do. I always say to the Lord, what are you trying to show me? And what do you want me to do about it? That's it's very plain, very simple. It's not rocket science. What, what are you trying to show me? And what do you want me to do about it? Occasionally, a God will give me a prophetic word. Not very often, but sometimes he gives me a prophetic word for somebody. And suddenly I know something that they're to do in the future. And you know what? That's happened to so many of you that are watching. And you say, well, I wonder how I knew that. It's from the Holy Spirit. Now, two of the, two of the gifts are the gift of tongues and the gift of interpretation of tongues. Now, I want to differentiate the, right now. The gift of tongues and the gift of interpretation of tongues are two of the nine gifts of the Spirit that are only manifested by the Holy Spirit. They are not what I was talking about earlier, praying in tongues. Every born-again believer can pray in tongues at will. You may not pray, uh, you may not pray with many words to start, but as you, as you exercise it like a muscle and do it over and over again, uh, you'll increase your vocabulary and your language in, in tongues. But the gift of tongues and the gift of interpretation of tongues are separate and apart from that. And those two gifts are only manifested by the Holy Spirit. Okay? So don't, don't get confused between the two because they're different. The gift of tongues and the gift of inter interpretation of tongues are two of the nine gifts that only are manifested by the Holy Spirit. Whereas your daily devotional prayer language of praying in tongues is separate and apart. You can do that every day, but only God can manifest a gift of tongues and a gift of interpretation of tongues. And I've been in hundreds and hundreds of services in my life where someone has given a, an operation of the gift of tongues through a message in tongues. For example, someone will stand and give a message in tongues and someone else will stand and give the interpretation. Now, those are sovereign acts of God. It's not your daily devotional prayer language, so understand the difference. And uh, then that night we had a healing service. And I just broke loose and began to pray for the sick all over the place. And all kinds of miracles began to happen. I wish you had been there to see those pastors and the, the happiness and the joy in their faces, knowing that they could go home and take all those things that they had learned, take them back to their little congregations. And then the, the, the closing service was um, a time of going back again, you know, over what I had taught them. The old thing that I learned when I was in high school, when you make a speech, I learned this in my, in my senior year speech class. When you get up to make a speech, my teacher said, first, you tell them what you're going to tell them. Second, you tell them. <laughs> and third, you tell them what you just told them. <laughs> now, those are the three rules of speech making. You tell them what you're going to tell them. You tell them, and then you tell them what you just told them. Well, that's how I learned when I was in school. That's how you make a speech. And so I've, I've taken that into my heart all these years in preaching. I, I started off the conference by telling the pastors what I was going to be sharing with them. And then I shared it with them. And then afterwards, I shared with them what I just shared with them. And so we had kind of a, a repeat and a reflection, uh, the first part of the last service, where I once again explained uh, healing and the Holy Spirit and seed faith. And then I gave each one of them a special certificate certifying that they had attended and completed this conference. And they were just thrilled. But that wasn't the end. 
The closing was I had them line up all across the building and come forward, and Dr. Paul Naughton and I uh, laid hands on them and anointed them with oil, as the Bible says in James chapter 5. It was a powerful and precious time. How I thank God. Then, we, of course, we flew back to America uh, that night, overnight, and came back through Paris and back uh, to the United States. It was, was a terrific trip. And it is a harbinger of what's to come. I'm receiving invitations from all over the world now uh, to deal with pastors like this. As a matter of fact, I'm doing some Zoom services. In just not of just a matter of days, I'm going to do a Zoom service to Pakistan. I'm, I'll be by Zoom. I'm, go, I'm doing three conferences in three cities to 9,000 pastors. 3,000 pastors in three different cities over three days, live. And because there is a 12-hour time difference, it'll be daytime for them, it'll be nighttime for me, so I'll go all through the night while it's going all through the day in Pakistan. And I'm preparing to do that in other parts of the world as other invitations are coming. And I am fulfilling the mandate that God gave me years ago to help invest and uh, you might say, recreate myself in the lives of those ministers on healing the Holy Spirit and seed faith. And I just felt today, didn't have a guest today, so I felt I should just share with you what had just happened in Cameroon and what is beginning to happen now all over the world. And I thank God for it. Father, right now, it's not by might and it's certainly not by power, but it's by the Holy Spirit that I pray this prayer. And I pray that what I have shared with people today on this podcast, those who are watching and those who are just listening. I pray that it has a positive and powerful impact upon their lives. Someone right now is watching or listening and you have a big time TMJ problem and you have a problem with your teeth and your gums here on this side and also back in your in your jaw and you're being healed right now. In the name of Jesus, and also there is someone who's lost hearing and your hearing is being restored. In the name of Jesus, I send the word to you according to Psalm 107 verse 20, which says he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. I send that word to you in the authority of Jesus' name and I believe God for your healing. In Jesus' mighty name, praise God. Amen. So glad to be with you today. Thank you for joining me on this podcast. Join me each and every week for a podcast. Most of the time I have guests and I'll have guests next time. God richly bless you and I'll see you then. If you would like to support this or other outreaches of this ministry, please go to oralroberts.com. We believe when you give to spread the good news of Jesus Christ, your giving will be abundantly multiplied back to you according to God's word in Luke 6, 38. 